get to episode 232 in just a moment. But before we do, I'd like to ask for your support of I Can See You. Go to ICanSeeYou.com slash audiobooks for your free trial to Audible Premium Plus. That'll give you up to two audiobooks. Again, that's ICanSeeYou.com slash audiobooks. And remember, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U.com slash audiobooks. Thank you so much for your support. I really do appreciate it. From Studio B in Swarthmore, this is the I Can't See You podcast with David. It's like blind people for dummies. Hello there, and welcome to episode 232 of I Can't See You. My name is David, at David Benj on all the socials. I really do appreciate you joining me for this episode, and as usual, I've got a few things to discuss with you. We're going to lead off with JAWS training. I know I've been talking a lot about that, but I'm here to tell you that I have completed my JAWS training. Whether I'm, <laughs> whether I'm ready or not, I'm done. And let me tell you, the last day was so stressful for me, and it's not because I had a test or anything. It's because for some reason, everything else was so loud around me. I had trouble listening to the computer tell me stuff. And basically what was going on, I was down one end of the room with Johnny Lynn and she was, we were going through, (laughs) we were going through a spreadsheet program, um, trying to do certain things. And there was something funky with it. We don't know what the story was. It seemed like A couple of cells had been merged when they shouldn't have been. I was just so confused by that. But part of the problem was, because it's one big room, I could hear John teaching Shauna and Yvonne down at the other end of the room. And not only could I hear them speaking, but also their computer speaking. And then people's phones were going off, mine included. But there's five of us in the room and phones are going off. The jaws are, all the computers are talking. <laughs> I just couldn't process it. It was, I, I, I don't, obviously there was something up with me that day. I don't know what it was, but there was clearly something wrong there. But I'm all done and there's a chance that they get some more funding so I can go back. I'm not 100% that's going to happen, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I am all done and just in the nick of time, I did a podcast interview with Stacy Leap, and we interviewed a lady named Anne Cunningham, and she used to work at the Colorado Center. She is an artist, and she was teaching art to the blind folks at the Colorado Center. And the Colorado Center, in case you don't know, is a place that you go to to learn how to do everything blind. Um, <laughs> let's call it Blind You. Uh, you go there for nine months. I would love to go there, but nine months is just too long. And you learn everything, cooking, mobility, and Braille. And I'm cringing after I say most of these things. And the way they work it at the Colorado Center, if you have any limited sight, like I have some limited sight, and you learn mobility, and the at the end of the mobility, they drop you somewhere in... I forget, I don't remember if it's Colorado Springs. I don't remember where in Colorado the Colorado Center is. I, I want to say Colorado Springs, but I'm not 100%. They drop you somewhere and you have to get, you have to get back to the center. 
And so someone like me who has limited vision, I would get a sleep shade where I could not use any vision. And you've got to do it without any vision. That doesn't sound as terrifying to me as trying to learn Braille because I have, like I've mentioned a million times, I have such limited feeling in my fingers. And so Ann Cunningham was on and she was talking about, after we got done recording, Stacey Ann and I were talking about the upcoming convention. And during the recording, Ann was saying that she is going to have an exhibit. She created this thing called the Sensational Blackboard. And what it is, it's a very simple thing. It allows kids who are blind to draw and feel where they're drawing and how they're drawing. So it's tactile on regular paper. And that's the key. So you buy this device that's $49.95. I guess I should have said the low, low price of $49.95. And you use regular copy paper that you would put in your photocopier or your printer. And a kid can draw with a ballpoint pen on this device. It's basically a gel type of material on top of something harder. I I don't remember if it was wood. I don't remember what she said. But the cool thing was, and Anne got on our radar because Stacy bought one of those things, not because her daughter is blind. Her daughter has sight. But now when her daughter Alana draws something, Stacy can feel it and can kind of make out, hey, I could feel the heart that she drew drew for me, or I could see where she wrote her name or my name, Mommy, and things like that. That was, and it was, that episode's coming out in a couple of weeks, but it was just incredible. Both both ladies got a little emotional when they were talking about it. Uh, It meant so much to Stacy when she was able to do that. But that's another story. The reason I'm telling you about Anne now was because when we were talking about the convention after we were finished recording, Stacy was saying that the Spillover Hotel, which is the only place that they have rooms left for at the convention in Houston coming up on July 1st, you could walk from the Spillover Hotel to the main hotel without going out onto the street. There is a skyway or walkway or some sort of passageway for the two or three blocks. And you basically, it involves going through the Houston Convention Center and they're like sky bridges, I guess, from one thing to another. And so that kind of made me think, okay, so it's not so bad to be at that other hotel because all all the people I know are going to be at the main hotel. But then Ann said, well, I'm going to be at the Spillover Hotel and I said, okay, well, you know, if you're going to be there and Stacy says you could walk to the one hotel from the other without going out onto the street, which sounds like a great idea to me. I, While I don't mind walking on the streets, it's crossing the big ones that, you know, kind of frighten me. When I realized I'd be going, I, I told Johnny Lynn, I said, well, at least I'll, I know I'll be using the computer because I am planning on taking my computer to the convention because it's it goes a week and I can't go a week without really responding to emails and I hate responding to any important emails on my phone because, <laughs> because if you ever read some of the things that get dictated, I always miss something. I try to correct them if it's an important email, 
but I sometimes miss something where words might sound similar, and I hate sending an email with, it might be a word that has similar spelling, but has a completely different meaning. So that'll really be a good test for me. I'll see if I have enough guts to actually do a podcast episode either down there or edit it while I'm down there. We'll see. But I finished Jaws. We finished with a whimper, like I said, but I did get all of the Microsoft Office products on my computer finally there. And there was an issue there. Just everything that last day, which was the 31st, uh, just yesterday, because I'm recording this on the 1st of June, just yesterday, when Johnny Lynn tried to key in the code that she had to put it on my machine, it wasn't working. So she removed Office from my machine, re-downloaded it, and again tried. And it took a few times for it to work. She had to get somebody with some site to help out because there was an issue with, I don't, I don't remember exactly what. And then once it started downloading, once she did all that, the download, it said three hours. I, I thought, <laughs> I, I said to her, what is this? Are you using a 56 baud modem? What's going on there? And finally, we plugged the computer in to AC power and it got better, whether that was the reason the download speed picked up or it was something else, whatever it was done before I had to leave for the day there. So, so I have that on there. So I'm excited there. And uh, I'm just looking forward to trying the computer when I don't have any other alternatives. Of course, when I'm home, I'm going to be on my Mac. But as I've noticed the last few days, in fact, even right now, as I sit in front of my computer, I can't see my notes. So I have my headphones on, but I also have the audio from my computer going into my headphones so I can just <laughs> I can cheat and just hit uh, to play my notes so I can listen to them while I'm recording this. Obviously, I will stop talking when I do that, and I will edit that out it, it, later on. <laughs> but I'm excited about the JAWS being done. I'm excited that I think I know enough to get around, at least on the web, and create documents and things like that. I had forgotten how different a Windows machine is from a Mac. And Everything about it, as I've said a couple of weeks ago, everything about the Mac is easy, or easier, I should say, except for voiceover. And I just don't get it. It would be a slam dunk if they could just make voiceover a little easier to use. One of the things that I've been working on over the last 10 days to two weeks has been a mail appeal for the National Federation of the Blind of Pennsylvania. And there were a couple of different versions. There was a PDF version that basically was the one that was photocopied and sent out to the, the mailing list via USPS mail. And there's something called Mail for the Blind where no postage is necessary and there's a couple of things you have to do for it to qualify. So as I had mentioned a few weeks ago during our Keystone chapter meeting afterwards, we stuffed envelopes and did all that so all these letters could go out. Well, we had an email list of about a thousand names. So what I did, I had Lynn Heights, who is the president of the NFB of Pennsylvania. She sent me both the PDF version and the Word document that I created an email out of. I cut off the letterhead top, put that in the top of the email. Now, unfortunately, because we use Gmail, it was 
there's no alt tags. So if a blind or visually impaired person is getting that, they're not going to have any idea what that graphic is up at the top. And I've talked to a few people about making things accessible with alt tags in Gmail, and no one has been able to figure it out. In fact, somebody I know has contacted Google to see what can be done to do that. So that's at the top. Then the bulk of the letter is from a Word document that I just copy and pasted in. Now, there's two other graphics. One is an email, is a, I was going to say one is an email signature. One is an actual signature of the president that I scanned and then cut out from that other document. And one is a UPC code. Now, we technically don't need that UPC code in the email because there's a link that's clickable, obviously, in the email. But I kept it in there to make it the same as the mail that went out via snail mail. So I've been working on that, and I was having difficulty putting it together. And I asked Jane for some help when she was home over Memorial Day. And... She was amazed, like I had mentioned to you last week, one of the best things that you can learn are all the keyboard shortcuts. Maybe something could go wrong with your mouse. Maybe one day you wake up and you can't see. One way or another, the keyboard shortcuts are very helpful. They're very, very helpful. So when Jane was telling me, oh, just click over there and do that, and I said, click where? Tell me what it says. And she told me what it says. I said, oh, well, the keyboard shortcut for that is, you know, this. And she said, oh, I didn't know that. I said, yes, again, very helpful. (laughs) But we were going back and forth trying to place everything right. And we finally got that. And I started sending those on Memorial Day night. So Monday night, I sent out with Gmail because I don't have, I wasn't able to get MailChimp set up in time. You can send out 500 emails a day with Google. But you can only send 100 out at a time. And I I forgot that there was that wrinkle. And I tried to send 500 and I kept trying different things. And I thought, what am I doing wrong? And then there were a couple of typos in the email list that I had. So I thought that was it. And it took me about three hours to figure it out. And I was going back and forth. By this point, Jane was back home in New York. And... And she said, oh, try this. And, and I'm sending her copies of this email. To, and I said, hey, did you get it? Did you get it? And she's like, no, I didn't get it. And so finally, after she had gone to bed, it was like one in the morning, I finally got them to go. I finally got the first 100 to go. Again, I was trying to send out 500, actually 490, because I wanted to leave a couple of breaks in case I needed to respond to somebody with that email address. So I was only going to send 490 out at a crack uh, per day because I wanted to save 10 in case I had to send something else out. And the email list was only 1,050 or so email addresses. So I knew I could do it in just a few days. So finally, I got it to go. I came up with a subject line, which I got approved from Lynn And I sent everything out. I started sending them out. So I have one last batch to send out, the last less than 100. I want to say it's about 50 or 60 emails to send out today. Once I get done recording, I'll do that. But it was just funny how Jane didn't know a lot of the keyboard shortcuts because she was so used to using the mouse or, I guess in her case, I guess she's using a trackpad because she's using a computer that she got from work. It's some sort of Dell. And 
I, I just thought that was interesting. And I told her, like I've just mentioned to you and I've told everyone last week or week before, learn the keyboard shortcuts because you never know when they'll come in handy. Again, if something happens to your mouse, you might not, if you don't know the keyboard shortcuts, you're kind of out of luck. Now, in today's day and age, most likely you still have a mobile phone and you could look something up there if you need to know keyboard shortcuts in a pinch. And honestly, <laughs> honestly, that's what I do sometimes. And in fact, when I was doing training for JAWS, she said, how would you do this? And I would say, oh, I have no idea. I said, if I were at home and that came up, I would just ask either the A lady or the G lady, wherever I'm sitting near, or the S lady and have them figure it out and tell me what keys I have to push. So it, it was just interesting to see how the, the intergenerational differences, it's not really intergenerational that the issue is, it's the sight and no sight. I have to use the keyboard shortcuts because I can't use the mouse because I could click anywhere on the screen. And I, even when I use the mouse now, when I'm trying to see something or highlight a paragraph or two, I end up clicking a link and then that frustrates me because it takes me to another page. I got to go back and find the section I wanted to read again and so forth. To the point where yesterday when I was registering for the convention, I used voiceover and I don't use voiceover for a long type of setup like that. I usually use it in little, little segments when I need to read something more than a paragraph or two, but I just didn't trust my eyes enough to do that. Now, I booked my airfare today through American Express just using my vision. So I'm hoping that I am actually flying to Houston on the 30th of June and flying from Houston <laughs> to Philadelphia on the 7th of July. And I got all that right. It seems like in the email, everything is good. But I was zoomed in and I was using the text to speech there. I didn't turn on voiceover for that. So it's just interesting with not using a mouse how different things are. And Jane was trying to get me to do a couple of things that she uses when she does mail merge and things like that. And they are just way more than I think I needed because basically I'm just popping the email addresses into the BCC field and sending it to the main recipient of the email was to one of my other email accounts just so I could see that it went out. I'm very happy that... <laughs> that the appeal is done. After I send that email today, I will be done and I can set up MailChimp and I could start doing all that as well as continuing to work on the website. When I went to the rheumatologist back in April, he gave me a prescription to get a blood test or I guess I should say blood work. And Liz thought we could do it on the weekend. They are not open on the weekend, evidently. And so we had to go during the week. And when I say we, I had to go during the week. The problem is, Liz, of course, is at work. So I had to take an Uber, both to and from. That finally came up. It was the day after Memorial Day. It was this past Tuesday I went. And where I went was a place in a strip center in media that has an Acme supermarket and a few other stores. And this, it's called LabCorp. Once I found the door for LabCorp and, and the Uber driver left me off past where I needed to be, but there was a truck that was blocking it when we were driving past, and that's why he didn't see it. So I got out, and I got my phone out, and I used Seeing AI to find the right door, and I walked in forgetting that I had a barcode that I could just go in, I'm sorry, a QR code where I could just go in and scan somewhere, I'm not sure where, 
But instead, I forgot about that. So I just walked up to the desk and I was able to find the desk because there was a lady back there speaking either on the phone or to one of her coworkers. So I knew where I had to go, which was very helpful, I have to say. So I checked in and everything and they took me right away. I didn't have to sit down. They took me. I went in the back and I was probably done in seven minutes total from waiting for the girl to come in and jab me and take my blood to waiting until she printed some labels out and hearing her and one of the other coworkers, and I think it was that same lady that checked me in, talking about what I'm guessing is a mouse in room three. I was in room two, and the girl that took my blood said, I'm not going in room three all day. I'm not going in there. And the other lady said, no, I don't think it's in there anymore. Oh, I'm not going in. It doesn't matter. I know. Where, where would it be? I didn't see it leave the room. So I guess they have a vampire mouse over there at LabCorp, But the other thing, because I was there, I thought, you know what? Cherries are on sale. I'm going to walk down to the Acme and A, see if I can find them, and B, buy them if they are still on sale. Now, Liz had texted me earlier that day that she thought the deal was only a weekend deal, a Memorial Day weekend thing, which it was, unfortunately. So instead of getting the cherries for $2.88, I paid $5.99. But they're delicious, and I was glad that I, A, could go down and find them and walk around the store. I was going to do the Just Listen segment while I looked around for the cherries, but then I realized the music that was playing was loud enough that you certainly would have been able to pick it up. And I didn't want to have that in the podcast because I just thought it wouldn't be right. And um, I was just so happy that, A, I was able to find the cherries. Again, had my phone out, had seeing AI open, and was just basically walking along the different cases and reading the signs that were in front. And then if I wasn't sure if my phone wouldn't read it, I'd reach out and feel what was in there. And there were some things that felt like, I'm not sure if they were cucumbers or zucchini and some other veggies. And I knew they, the cherries wouldn't be near there. So I wandered to another case and finally found them. Now, I may have walked past them the first time. There may have been a cart in front. I'm not 100% sure. So I was able to find the cherries. I felt the bags. I got the one that I felt, thought felt nicest. And I made my way to checkout. Now, initially I was going to go to the self-checkout, but I thought, you know what? They have people here to ring you up. I don't know if I'd be able to do self-checkout and maybe I should have to just have something more to speak about. But I waited in the queue. There was one guy in front of me. And once he was done, I, I was up to up next. And I only had the one thing, $12.72 or something like that of cherries. And at first I was going to use Apple Pay because to me, that's just so much easier than digging in my wallet, getting out the credit card. And I know it sounds like a chore and that I'm being a little crazy that I just can't go into my wallet and get it. But because my fingers don't work great, it is hard to do for me. And Apple Pay is a double tap on the side of my phone button, have it scan my face, and boom, the card is right there. But I started thinking while I was going back and forth whether I should use Apple Pay or not, and I wondered... Each credit card has different point values for grocery stores, for example, I think on my American Express, I think you get two points for every dollar you spend. Would I get the two points if I used Apple Pay? Would it come out like it was a grocery store charge or is it going to come out like it's a charge for Apple products? So the only way I'm going to find that out is if I make two purchases at the same time at the same store, one on Apple Pay, one on the Amex, just 
having, you know, tapping the Amex on the screen. And that didn't work great either. In fact, the girl took the card from my hand and tapped it on the screen and <laughs> slid it around. And finally, it, it went through. Uh, but I used the card that day. And I, I was really happy that I was able to do that on my own. I don't know if I would have been able to wander the store and find other items if I wanted them, but I was pretty sure that I'd be able to find the cherries because, of course, the produce department is usually right up front when you walk into a market. And at the Acme and Media, that's the same way there. And the funny thing was when I finished up there, I ordered the Uber once I got outside and it told me that I was going to get the Uber in front of LabCorp, which was like five stores down. And I thought that was interesting <laughs> that I was at least half of the shopping center away from the LabCorp door. But I walked back down there and, of course, the Uber picked me up there. It was it was no issue. But the cherries are delicious and I have uh, probably four more days of them to go. I eat about 100 grams a day. Earlier in this episode, I had touched on going to the National Federation of the Blind National Convention in Houston. And I kept going back and forth. I wanted to go, but I didn't want to stay in that other hotel. And like I said earlier, Stacy and Anne kind of convinced me that, oh, it's not so bad to be there. And I knew that I'd be able to get a lot of content, whether it's for this podcast or for White Canes Connect or both. So I wanted to go. I'm interested in testing myself as far as traveling. I haven't, haven't been on a plane since March 8th of 2020 when I was in Orlando for the PodFest. And, and I just want to travel more anyway. And, and I was on the fence this whole time. And I think I may have mentioned it in another episode. Had Liz not gone back to Walden, we may have taken a trip in the fall. And so I didn't want to take this trip and then Liz not go back to Walden and then not have money to do that trip also. So once we were sure Liz was going back to Walden, I said, you know what, maybe I'll go. And then I started to look into it more, and then I saw the other hotel. The one hotel was booked. So I went back and forth and just kept going back and forth. So I'm excited to go because I, I kind of think I'll be traveling on my own. I don't think there's anybody else going to the convention on my United flights, but I don't know for sure. I'll find out a little more on Saturday when we have our Keystone chapter meeting. And there's some things down there. I know that the NFB has lined up a couple of tours. One is of the Johnson Space Center that I will probably do. But July 1st through July 7th, I booked my airfare today. I'm flying on United. I am not staying. There is a group that is staying to go to the Astros Mariners game on the night of the 7th. I'm leaving the night of the 7th. The convention actually goes through the 6th. So I'm leaving at 6 p.m. on the 7th. I just didn't want to stay that one extra day to go to the ball game. Now, I did find out that you can take tours of Minute Maid Park, obviously, when there's not a game going on. So I may try and do that. That sounded interesting to me, similar to what I did with Nick and his girlfriend, Edith, when we were in New York for Laugh for Sight, where we toured MSG. And that I just thought that was really cool. And I'd love to see Minute Maid Park. I always thought that was a very cool-looking park. The other neat thing is the stadium is only two-tenths of a mile from my hotel. So... Obviously, it'll be very easy to get to, and who knows, maybe I could even take that walkway to the stadium. I'm not quite sure how much spare time I'll have. I, I was trying to think back to the only other convention I was at was the one in Vegas a few years ago, which I've told the story a million times and did at least two episodes on it, where 
Our flight never left. We sat on the plane for six hours, and then it got canceled, and we didn't get on the plane for another three days. So we lost three days of hotel rooms, which at the time, I, I want to say it was like $300 a night. So it was about $1,000 in hotel fees that we couldn't recoup, couldn't cancel the reservation, because if we did, then we'd lose the block rate. And I don't remember what the difference was in price, but it was fairly significant. Just as it is with the Hilton Americas Houston, which is where the, the main hotel, the room rate, the block rate is $119 a night. The best price I could get a room for now is around 265 a night. And I certainly wasn't going to spend over $2,000 in hotel. And I started to look into maybe paying with points. And I didn't want to do that. And I, again, I kept going back and forth. And then when Stacy said, well, it's not, an, it's not a difficult walk from the other hotel, I said, you know what, I'm going to do it. And hopefully, like I said, I'll have a lot of content. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I've already picked a few places that I'd like to try and eat. And I'm, I'm sure I'll get together with some of the other folks, as I've mentioned, <laughs> as I've mentioned in other episodes. Denise Brown, the president of the Greater Philly chapter always knows the best places to go so i'll hopefully connect with her at some point and figure out where i want to go and who's going where and uh should be a lot of fun and there's always a lot of stuff to learn when you go to these things they have different workshops and that's one of the reasons i'm taking my computer other than the fact i want to catch not have to dig out of a huge hole of emails when i get back um there is a an art I don't remember an art workshop where you create SVGs just by using code. And I had done something at the New York Public Library around six months ago, and it was I was kind of tired, so I don't really remember too much of it. But it was so crazy that you could create art just by typing in some code. It is just amazing. So hopefully I'll be able to do that and. Uh, I'm looking forward to trying that and, and a whole bunch of other things, as well as meeting folks from all around uh, the country who are members of the NFB and their various states and locales, because there's also the District of Columbia and Puerto Rico, both of which I'm pretty sure are still not states. I'm not sure if they want to be or not, but <laughs> but they will be there as well, folks from those affiliates. and And there's a few folks from the one in Washington, D.C. that we've talked to in the past on White Canes Connect. The president of the NFB of DC, Sean Calloway, I'm sure will be there. And just some other folks that we've spoken to. And hopefully uh, some of the folks that have been on Believe You Can will be there because I'd like to meet them in real life and uh, just connect with everybody else within the NFB of Pennsylvania. So I'm looking forward to that again. That is July 1st through July 7th. I will be out of town actually June 30th through July 7th. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do for an episode that week. Of course, I thought of that too. And I'm hoping in the meantime, I can do a Blind Bosses episode and run that week when I'm not here. I can edit it and have it ready to go and uh, just schedule it you know, well before I go on my trip. So of course, I will report back. I, ha- I have a new GoPro camera that I'm hoping to take with me and get some footage there because using my iPhone, as I've mentioned in past episodes, with voiceover on and using the camera or the, the as, to do video, sometimes it's not great because tilt left, 
person upper left corner or person not centered or whatever the voiceover says. So it's, it helps. It's helpful because I know that I don't have something centered, but it's not helpful when you're using video, when you're shooting video, because obviously you're getting that on the recording as well. Obviously taking pictures, it's very helpful, especially when I'm taking pictures of Ziggy. (laughs) Sometimes it calls him a cat, calls him everything. It's kind of funny. So hopefully I will return from Houston with a lot of content. I I hope that Max Ivy will be there. And if not there at the convention, hopefully we can connect. We met in Orlando back in 2020. And there's another guy in Houston that I'd also like to meet up with who I've had on this podcast. His name is David Cleveland. He was in our all-blind fantasy football league. And now he's in the, he wasn't in it the one year that we did the draft video and he's in the there's a secondary league that he is part of so i hope to connect with him that would be great uh because i always enjoyed speaking with him and especially when we were playing one another we would text back and forth and it was kind of funny but uh hopefully i can connect with him down there as well so i'm looking forward to going and uh we'll see how it goes now i had mentioned just listen a little earlier and i wasn't able to get me wandering around the acme looking for cherries So in this week's Just Listen, coming up on June 10th, there is a Disability Pride Parade in Philadelphia. And in episode 075 with Vicki Landers and Esther Gilliard from the Keystone chapter, and we talk about the Disability Pride Parade. One of my things about Disability Pride Parade is the fact that they're not having it during Disability Pride Month which is July, and it's held in July because of the Americans with Disability Act was ratified back in July of 1990. So it's kind of confusing. Is this Disability Pride Parade for disabled LGBTQ folks, or is it for all disabled people? Now, we talked to Vicki Landers from Disability Pride PA, and she gives us all the information about it, And so that's what I'm going to play. I'm going to play a clip from the episode with Vicki Landers and Esther Gilliard on Just Listen. It started out, um, the National Constitution Center was looking to add a piece of disability art or disability history into their center. Um, And they worked out um, an idea of getting the Justin Dart wheelchair, which is now there on display. Um, They wanted to have a party around it, which sparked the idea for disability pride events to start happening the following year. Um, My friend and mentor, Alan Holdsworth, was like, why don't we do this all the time? Why isn't it disability pride? And disability pride Philadelphia started, kicked off um, 11 years ago. Um, Started off as a very small little kind of parade around the National Constitution Center. And then each year we started to grow and grow. We started to add more events. We're now, we now celebrate Disability Pride Week in Philadelphia, which is um, very exciting. And the council members all um, give us a proclamation for it. Um, But it is also a fun, you know, a fun week of disability pride. And that episode is going to be 075. And I'm going to link it as it is 075. But until I actually publish the Monthly Digest podcast, which in this month's podcast, it's going to be AI Lisa doing 
the honors. And, and I guess I could talk about that for a minute. I had asked Lisa's permission back at the spin fundraiser if I could have her voice done by AI so that I could use it in the Digest episodes, which basically come out once a month uh, from the NFB. Stacy Lee puts this email together called the Monthly Digest. It has all the meetings uh, within the NFB and other events outside the NFB, like the Disability Pride Parade and some other things. And it comes out in a newsletter. So I thought, wow, you know, it would be really cool if we did a podcast episode of basically that email. And so that's what we've done. I do a little intro. I do a little outro. But the bulk of the episode is it has been my AI voice reading it, which doesn't sound great. Sounds okay. But I did Lisa's voice last weekend, over the weekend. And I don't think it sounds a whole lot like her. It kind of does. But one thing that it got spot on are her popping peas. And she doesn't always do it because it she uses the, like I used for the first hundred and some odd episodes of this podcast, basically a headset with the boom arm on it. And sometimes the boom arm with Lisa gets a little too high and is directly in front of her mouth instead of basically just at her bottom lip. So when she says peas, sometimes they pop. The AI got that, which I thought was hysterical. But you can check that out. Again, that'll be episode 074 of White Canes Connect with AI Lisa and myself. And you can listen to that. And maybe I'll play next week. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll type up a little script for AI Lisa to say. And you see if it sounds like her. And I redid my voice. Maybe I'll do a back and forth between the two of us and uh, see how it comes out. Maybe it'll be better than Lisa, regular Lisa and regular me to do a podcast episode. But again, episode 075 with Vicki Landers from Disability Pride PA and Esther Gilliard. Esther is going to be singing at the parade. There is a short parade and then there's performances at the top of each hour during the parade. She's going to be singing with the band. Because the 10th is Liz and my 33rd anniversary, I'm not going to stay for the whole thing. So I hope I get to see Esther uh, but if I don't, I'm sure somebody will record it, and maybe I could use it on a <laughs> in a just listen. Um, so if you're in Philadelphia, June 10th is the parade. There's all sorts of stuff going on. It starts at City Hall at around 11 o'clock in the morning and winds down to, I want to say, 18th and JFK, I think. And uh, there's going to be a stage set up somewhere in that ballpark uh, where there'll be performances and things like that. And again... As I mentioned, it is not an LGBTQ disability pride parade. It is a just a disability pride parade. I was talking to another board member today from the Keystone chapter, and he and I were kind of on the same mindset of why would they do this parade in June during Pride Month when every when you say Pride and June, you it's an LGBTQ thing. And I asked Vicky that. And she said, well, every day is Disability Pride Parade. I have pride every day. I said, yeah, I get that. But it just there's just a, I think it's a muddling of what it is. And it could affect whether somebody supports the parade or not. So again, episode 075 with Vicki Landers and Esther Gilliard. And I kind of segued into... <laughs> into 
upcoming episodes of White Canes Connect. Episode 074 will be the monthly digest. And my fingers are crossed that Stacy has that out so I can clean it up and get that done tonight or tomorrow. And again, that's June 1st or June 2nd. And then I will do the Disability Pride episode for Monday or Tuesday because it's a week-long event. It starts the 5th. So there's all sorts of events from the 5th through the 11th with the parade being, I think, the biggest thing. But I will have a link to all of it in the show notes, both the episodes and the page where you can go to Disability Pride PA and see all the events that are happening during the week. So that is all I have for this episode of I Can't See You. Remember, you can get the show notes over at the website, ICan'tSeeYou.com slash 232. That's ICan'tSeeYou.com slash 232. And remember, I Can't See You sounds like a whole sentence, but it's only seven characters long. I-C-A-N-T-C-U dot com slash 232, which, by the way, Section 232 of the old Veterans Stadium in Philadelphia, Row 21, was where we had season tickets for those great teams of the late 1970s. <laughs> so that made me think of that. We did not have that same section in 1980 because they did some reconfiguring of the ballpark and took out some aisles and things like that. We were actually section 234 when the Phillies won the World Series. But again, I can't see you.com slash 232. Please reach out. You can find me on social media at David Benj, D-A-V-I-D-B-E-N-J on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, and on YouTube, where you can also listen to these episodes. Please reach out. You can leave a voicemail, 646-926-6350. You've got up to three minutes. Please leave your name in town if you do leave a voicemail. Again, 646-926-6350. Tell me what you love, what you hate, what you'd like to see more of, less of. Anything you've got, please reach out. Again, 646-926-6350. You can also email me at podcast at gmail.com. That's I Can't See You podcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening to episode 232 of I Can't See You. I really do appreciate it. Be well, stay safe, and I will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the I Can't See You podcast with David. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And don't forget to share the podcast with your friends.